In this week's episode, winning may look easy, but in most cases, it's all about these three words, worked for it. Welcome to the Three Word Podcast with author, speaker, and life coach, Lisa Thal. Well, hello, Three Word Podcasters. If this is your first time, a special welcome to you. I'm your host, Lisa Thal, and each week I share my thoughts on three word topics to help and engage and inspire you and those you lead. So here we are, days away from Super Bowl 56. And yes, who day nation, who day, the Cincinnati Bengals are in the big game. And the last time I can remember our city getting so excited and united was when the Cincinnati Reds won the World Series in 1990. That was about 32 years ago. Well, the Bengals, the last time they were in the Super Bowl, and I was there, was 1989 when they played against another Joe, Joe Montana of the San Francisco 49ers. That was 33 years ago. And 33 years later, there's a new Joe. A new Joe has emerged, I'd say, Cool Joe Burrow, along with Evan McPherson, Jamar Chase, and many others. But after each win... And we've had a season, haven't we? (laughs) I can't believe we're in the Super Bowl. Really, it's just hard for me to imagine. But after each win, there's always been words shared to describe this team. And you know a girl loves three-word topics, right? But three-word phrases that describe them. And here was just a few like, why not us? And it is us. And then one I saw last week on was, it's our time. Well, in addition to those three-word phrases are three words that I think have defined their season worked for it. I mean, sure, many of the games came down to seconds on the clock and Money Mac walks in, kicks the game-winning field goal with seconds left, or the defense, they've come up and made a big play, creating a takeaway. Again, they worked for it. And now they have loyal fans all worked up and excited that grown men and women and one of those are me, are crying, literally crying from these come-from-behind victories with seconds left on the clock and the possibility of them winning Super Bowl 56. So what can we learn from the Cincinnati Bengals team, a team a year ago that only won four games and is now heading to the Super Bowl? Well, they believe in all the cliches, teamwork, focus, dedication, hard work, and resilience. But the key is that they don't just say it, they put it into practice, they put it into action. So I started to think about the team I have the privilege of coaching every day and how I could apply what I learned from the Bengals to create the best game plan for my team's success. So here were a few things I thought I would share. Number one, prepare for each game. That's the same that we're trying to teach our team is to prepare for each call. See, each week the team prepares for its opponents and they know their strengths and they know their areas of opportunity. So what skills do you and your team need to perform at its highest level? And maybe as a coach, you have to think about this. Have you prepared your team with the knowledge necessary to have a successful call? See, it's our job. We've got to define the goals, make our objectives clear. We've got to help structure those calls. We've got to help people understand our value. We've got to do the research. And we also, more importantly, have to visualize success. So once we prepare for each call, then we've got to practice for the big call. See, practice makes perfect, or at least at a minimum, practice prepares us. So if you don't create the time to practice your first call, your presentation meeting, how can you expect to win by just winging it? 
You'd never imagine just going in cold to a game without practicing. The same applies for our big calls. You learn from being in the field with your team on calls. So if you can't join them on a call, then at least you can practice and role play the call before the meeting with the client. You've got to find a way to support and coach your team to be better each game, just like they do in football. So as a coach, a manager, a leader, you have to design the best game plan for your team and understand each team's players' strengths and opportunities to help the overall team. See, you too, you're trying to create game-like situations for them. So if you do this enough times, I promise you, your seller will gain more confidence to perform at a higher level. All right, we prepare for each call, we practice for the big call, and then it's accountable. That's right. In football, each player is accountable for themselves and the team. And in sales, accountability to me is both a how and a what. It's how you as a sales manager work with your team to stay on the same page regarding expectations and sales goals. And it's the what, the what which allows your rep to take ownership of their activities, their efforts, and their performance. So I have a question for you. How do you hold your sales team accountable? You do that by setting and communicating clear expectations and goals. So to be accountable, salespeople need clear and consistent instructions on their responsibilities. See consistency and clarity in sales expectations, they are essential for maintaining motivation and accountability across your sales team. So establish expectations individually and then as a team. Set specific sales goals for your team to get the buy-in you need to create a healthy sense of competition and camaraderie. That's so important. You gotta have team chemistry, just like most winning teams do. So with these clear expectations you set, your team can focus on success. So there should be no excuses for not reaching goals or at least a minimum making progress because your team wants to be resilient. They've got to learn from each experience. And I'll leave you with one final thought. If you want your team to succeed, you must recognize their successes. In football, someone gets the game ball for making a play that impacted the win. Well, the salespeople I know, they're very competitive. In fact, according to a recent study, about 55% of salespeople prefer competition. So leverage your team's competitiveness by making sales numbers and activity across the team completely transparent. Tracking performance is another great way to improve your sales team's accountability. It gives you the data to better understand where you're winning and perhaps where they may need additional practice or even a new game plan to win the sale. You can do this by showcasing a scoreboard or maybe a leaderboard in the office or sharing prominently weekly team successes maybe in your sales meeting. But here's one thing I want to say, and here's what I know for sure. Every member on your team, just like the Cincinnati Bengals, want to contribute to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They want to get better on each call because progress equals happiness. That is a fact. It doesn't matter if you're a new person, new into sales, or you're a veteran salesperson and been in the game a long time. You can make an impact today. It's all about how you prepare, how you practice, and how you hold yourself accountable. And more importantly, you've got to work for it.
Well, if you think someone could benefit from this episode, I invite you to share it, rate it, or subscribe for free at iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next three-word podcast. Find more episodes and get the book at threewordmeetings.com.